hold up, wait a minute. Can you guys imagine we have actually gotten to the 20th episode? Holy crap. Appropriate for us as a message. Um, and the only song I can really kind of think of. and welcome to Beauty Unlocks 20th episode 20 we've gotten to 20 I'm Carissa the host of this craziness how's everyone doing hey hey I hope you guys had a lovely work week uh obviously I'm um recording this on a Thursday and dropping it on a Friday as you all know so I hope when you hear this that you had seriously a lovely week work week and that you're having an awesome weekend let me know what your plans are I want to know I haven't been to the beach yet (laughs) I told myself that I'm gonna go what is up with the dog that's barking in the background calm your tits down holy crap excuse him jeez anyway I don't know if you can hear him but he is going crazy him her whatever um I haven't gone to the beach yet Shame on me. I I live like five kilometers away from the beach. So basically not even 10 minutes away. And I've only been, I think like two, three times. And it's ridiculous. I should be going every single day. But you know, you wake up in the morning, you're like, right, let's start off with yoga. So we can like get the mess sorted in our heads. Relax. And then that happens. And you continue having your coffee. You start doing things that you need to do. Then you have to run errands. And then you come back and then it's too damn hot and then you eat lunch and then you feel like crap because you're full, it's hot, you don't know what to do with yourself. And then you're like, I'll just go to the beach tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you're like, well, shit. (laughs) Oh, yes, that's that's my messy life. Now that you guys know about me and the mess that I am, the glorious mess that I am, (laughs) I have a few announcements to make. (laughs) guys are like god please no not again no but seriously it's gonna go quickly so just to let you know that you can finally find us i can't even speak find us on um apple woohoo yes we have made it um you can find us of course on spotify on stitcher on acast on pocket casts i mean you can find us everywhere So we're basically going to be climbing up into those ear holes from all over the place, not just from one place, but everywhere. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. Yes, please, please rate and review us. Send us, spread some of that good old-fashioned love. You know how I always end the show. We're not at the end of the show yet, kids, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Spread some of that good old-fashioned love our way. Rate and review us. Subscribe. Listen to us. Let us climb into your ear holes. And when I say us, it's me, myself, and I because it's a one-woman show at this point. I think that's like the biggest announcement that I have. (laughs) I'll probably remember something and I'll add on to the end of the show once we get there. You guys are... I know you're ready for this episode. <laughs> there is no such thing as podcast etiquette here or following any kind of script. We just go with the flow. 
that's how I go on with my life. I go with the flow, take some U-turns, go back. I mean, bump into things. Who knows? And that's how the show is also set up. So I, I make announcements in the beginning. I make announcements all over the place. I'll remember something at the end. I'll probably remember something in the middle and I'll say it. <laughs> and that's how you get all sorts of confuculated. With all that being said, I hope you guys had a chance to actually listen to Monday's episode um, regarding the life of Sarah Bartman and her horrific ordeal. Uh, and that's where I think it was like my longest rant and rave. I was just angry throughout the whole thing. I mean, I was just seriously, if somebody would have come up to me and said hello at that exact moment, I would have devoured them because of the rage I had. So if you haven't, it's up. Um, check it out. It's, um, I definitely learned a few things regarding her life. Um, and I want to actually try to order a few books the thing is that i ordered stuff back in march before lockdown still waiting for stuff so that's why i'm like holding off on like ordering anything because i'm still waiting <laughs> i'm still waiting for things to come to cyprus get your shit together ebay amazon and wherever else i like ordered stuff from so as everyone is aware the past few weeks we have been talking about sexualization and objectification of women and the hypersexualization of black women and girls. That was last week's episode. This week, we're going to focus on men. It's all about the men this week. What immediately comes to your mind when I mention these names? Jason Momoa, Hugh Jackman, Daniel Craig, Idris Elba, the cast of Magic Mike, Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg, in his Calvins, Dinjamin Hansu, Dinjamin Hansu in his Calvins. What images pop immediately into your head? Do you see these men as fully clothed, half clothed, not clothed at all? We are going to discuss objectification, or should I say manjectification? Yes, you heard that correctly. Manjectification cleverly coined by Time Magazine regarding the objectification of men. So for this week's episode, we're going to actually look at three articles. One is from Time Magazine, another one from Marie Claire, and another one is from a website called, is it Kisscom? Wait, hold on. <laughs> Kisscom.co.uk. And it's regarding a term called hunkvert, hunkvertizing. Hunkvertizing. It doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue easily. Hunkvertizing. Yes, I know. All these new terms. I had no idea until I was researching for, for this episode. And I was like, what is this terminology? Why don't I, why have I never heard this before? So we're gonna, we're going to be looking at manjectification, hunkvertizing, um, six-pack advertising, I think. Yes, it's all, um, um, we're going to go through it. No worries. So in social philosophy, ooh, we're getting, we're getting philosophical now. <laughs> Objectification is the act of treating a person or sometimes an animal as an object or a thing. It is part of dehumanization, the act of disavowing the humanity of others. Sexual objectification, the act of treating a person as a mere object of sexual desire, is a subset of objectification. And self-objectification as well. 
it's the objectification of oneself. I, I seriously, I can't. <laughs> saying it so many times, I'm going to like, it's becoming like a tongue twister for me almost. Objectification. I cannot. Whew. All right. So male sexual objectification, as we said, like it involves a man being viewed primarily as an object of sexual desire rather than a whole person. So Christina Hoffman Summers and Naomi Wolf wrote that women's sexual liberation led women to a role reversal whereby, whereby they viewed men as sexual objects or as sex objects um, in a manner similar to what they criticize about men's treatment of women. So instances where men um, are viewed as sex objects by women include advertisements, music videos, films, television shows, calendars, women's magazines, and male strip shows. And we also have, of course, um, some restaurants. It's like the equivalent to Hooters. I forgot the name, um, but I forgot the name of it. It's going to come up anyway later. <laughs> So research has suggested that the psychological effects of objectifying men are similar to those um, of women, which leads to negative body image among men. So men's bodies have become more objectified than they previously were. And when I was actually researching this, I was actually thinking, well, definitely in the past like 20 years, I'm not too sure if it's like, that they weren't previously objectified, I do believe they were, and it's not a new phenomenon in my eyes. I mean, I can definitely remember the 90s ad of um, Mark Wahlberg and his Calvins, the one that he did with Kate Moss, I think. Yeah, it was in the 90s. You're clearly objectifying him, although Calvin Klein is on a whole different level because they really... I mean, I'm going to be posting different articles that I won't be mentioning um, on this episode, but I'll be posting them up on the Facebook group and page so you guys can take a look, as well as some videos um, that I found. And I'm thinking, well, shit, like seriously, it's definitely something that has been happening for the past 30 or 40 years, the objectification of men. Continuing. <laughs> so um, there's a term... Um, there's a term used in advertising called six-pack advertising. And this is where men are seen as sexual objects. Because of society's established gaze on the objectification of women, the newfound objectification, I'm not too convinced about newfound, but okay, of men is not as widespread. Mm, I beg to differ. Even with this increase of male objectification, males are still seen as the dominant figures, and so the focus is still primarily on women. One of the things I, I kind of noticed um, when I was researching for this topic is that all the, all the articles I found um throughout were constantly um kind of making like comparison or comparing you know um the sexualization of women and it kept on mentioning women and that's not to make light of the situation obviously we have been dehumanized hypersexualized oversexualized objectified for seriously for so long and it, it's not even like a concept of the 20th and 21st century. It goes beyond that, much before that. But in the sense of there wasn't one place where it wouldn't make a reference or a comparison to the objectification or sexualization of women when, when they were talking about the objectification of men, which was quite, um, quite interesting, actually. 
So male sexual objectification has been found in 37% of advertisements featuring men's body parts to showcase a product. I'm sure that this, uh, this percentage has doubled. I'm not, I don't remember when this article was written, but it's definitely doubled now for sure. These advertisements are a form of sexual objectification. Similar to the issues of sexual objectification in women, it is common for said objectification to lead men to body shaming, eating disorders, and a drive for perfection. So one of the things I was actually thinking when I was thinking about the advertisements, I keep on going back to the Calvin Klein ads, and I also mentioned it when we spoke about the spornosexual. Um, I think it was episode seven, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, wow. 13 episodes ago. <laughs> so I keep on like going back to Calvin Klein and mentioning Calvin Klein and his ads. When you think of Calvin Klein, a lot of the time, like, have you noticed the part that they place the most emphasis on in those ads? I mean, not the ones with um, the the woman or the women like, you know, underwear, Calvin Klein underwear ads, but just the male ones. Have you noticed that they emphasize a great deal? <clears throat> and there was a huge controversy as well when Justin Bieber um, posed in his Calvin Klein's it's uh, I'm not gonna even like mention that one but like there's a, an emphasis a certain emphasis on a certain male body part in the nether regions the genitalia um and and it's just like that's one of the main like advertisements that I think of when I think of sexual objectification of men it's just boom it's in your face and okay this is really bad story time here um when I was living in Geneva and I was, I don't know, it was a, a, a night out with friends. And we were near the train station. And I don't remember the model that was posing in this particular Calvin Klein ad. But I remember, and I, it's, a, it's, it's in black and white, this picture. Because um, I had some black and white film because I was taking a photography class, like, in university at the time. Anyway, and the I remember posing in front of this particular ad that was blown up. And... I uh, was sticking out my tongue towards this man's genitalia. There you go. A prime. Oh, my God. It's so embarrassing. Like when I think about the like way I used to act in my 20s, I'm like, what the fuck was wrong with you? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I honestly cringe when I think about my 20s. And oh, I just I cringe. It's like, oh, what was wrong with me? <laughs> Getting back to the article. So male actors featured in TV shows and movies are oftentimes in excellent shape and have the ideal bodies. And we, we actually mentioned this also in the um, episode, uh, episode 7, the, the Rise of the Spornosexual. These men often fill the leading roles. When society is subjected to men who do not have ideal bodies, we typically see them as the comic relief. It is rare to see an out-of-shape man have a leading role. Mm, okay. Uh, they are temporal, cultural, and geographical norms of gender and other aspects of identity, which are often incorrectly considered to be inherent or natural. Hmm, interesting. I'm just, again, I'm trying to, like, think of different movies and whatnot. And, and there was, like, a huge controversy as well in Hollywood. And, well, yes, uh, in Hollywood. Um, regarding how certain actors, irregardless of their age, irregardless of their 
you know, health or this, you know, their body and whatnot, they still get more work than the female actor actors or actresses. And it's um it was, I don't remember where I read it, but I read it a few years ago, a few years back, actually, because it was like the whole thing with Christy Alley and everything. Anyway, I have to look for that so I can post it <laughs> on the Facebook group and page. So I'm going to reference actually right now um, a Time Magazine article, and it's by Eliana Docterman, and it was written back in 2015. So the article talks about Magic Mike, uh, so the innuendo-filled Magic Mike XXL is anything but subtle, but we knew that from the film's extended promotion. The hashtag the studio used to promote the film is hashtag come again. <clears throat> In some posters placed over star Channing Tatum's um, pelvic area. <laughs> One teaser shot featured ta uh, Tatum with sparks literally coming from his groin area. Another showed Joe, okay, Manganiello. Um, thrusting a water bottle in front of his crotch, sending liquid flying through the air. <laughs> the oh my God. The film is one phallus after another. Yes, it is. Its stars are blatantly, hilariously subjecting themselves to what women experience on a regular basis. Objectification. So um, this is where <clears throat> the, the term manjectification came about. So the stars of Magic Mike um, are helping to usher in an era of manjectification in which women can judge men's bodies openly, the way their male counterparts have long done for women. Any woman in the public eye, from actors to politicians, can expect to have their looks critiqued, discussed, made object. That's the way it's always been. There were always handsome leading men, but they were rarely subject to the same scrutiny as women. Men still take most of the major lead roles. Very true. In 2014, just 12% of movie protagonists in the top 100 grossing films were women. This is what I was referencing to um, before. And this is according to the Center for Study of Women in Television and Film at San Diego State University. While women are reg relegated to being sex objects, male directors who dominate the film industry shoot films from the male perspective. And this allows for the camera to linger on women and judge them. It continues to say that Tatum struck gold with 2012's Magic Mike, which he wrote by turning the camera on himself. The movie grossed $113.7 at the box office. This is what I found intriguing. At its heart, Magic Mike was a drama. I was like, okay, I definitely missed that part. Um, about the recession and about a man struggling to gain his independence from the stripper pole, from his boss, and from a world of drugs. <laughs> this is what the article says. Nobody remembers it as that. And I was like, nope, don't remember any of that. Audiences dubbed it the stripper movie, and groups of women and gay men crowded into theaters to see Tatum and Matthew McConaughey's guns, six-packs, and even butts. It's no wonder, then, that Magic Mike XXL has dispensed with all the darkness of its predecessor in favor of becoming a peck-filled romp. Wow. Manjectification is taking place on the little, little screen, too. And then it, it continues to give, like, an example of um, uh, a show that's on Fox called Last Men on Earth. Um, the women on the show fawned over a ripped newcomer. Uh, his, the actor's name is Boris Kojo, 
and schemed for ways to sleep with him as he repaired various appliances. These episodes came after a long and almost unbearable run in which the main character, Phil, cursed his luck for having agreed to marry a nagging woman, played by uh, Kristen Schaal, before a hot blonde, January Jones, to show up on the scene. The joke of the series was Phil getting a taste of his own medicine, but it was a reversal not often seen on television. The article continues to say that Tatum and Kojo are voluntarily submitting to the objectification, of course, and they're in on the joke. But other men are beginning to experience what women have for years. It goes on to say that um, Kit Harrington, who plays, um, well, who plays, in, who played in Game of Thrones um, in March, he complained about being objectified by the media. Unlike the Magic Mike actors, who are more often than not shirtless in the films. Harrington's costumes on the fantasy show involved so many bulky layers of fur that, sl- uh, that sleeping he might be confused with a dire wolf. <laughs> okay. And the pressure on male actors seems to be building. And we talked about this on, um, the sport, uh, on episode 7, The Rise of the Sporno se- Sexual. In order to get your own Marvel movie franchise, you've got to be prepared for the inevitable shirtlessness. So comedians like Chris Pratt and Paul Rudd shed extra pounds for six-pack abs for Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man, respectively. Yeah, this is um, this is what it's interesting. This is what we uh, we discussed about it um, in episode seven regarding the the intense diet that these men have to go on in order to gain the muscles and everything i mean it's hours and hours at the gym it's eating a certain way it, it becomes a certain lifestyle and a lot of the times they do this in a very short amount of time so instead of prolonged periods of exercising they do i mean obviously they hi- well they hire the studios however it works hire these personal trainers and they put them on these extreme regiments you know, for three months or for four months and which in the long run, when you're young, fair enough, your body can go through a lot of things. But when you're at a certain age, you're you're literally abusing your body to a point that isn't healthy. And so then, of course, you see um, in this culture, young um, young boys and young men who try to adopt the same exact regiment and at the end of the day it's not healthy it's not healthy for these action stars or movie stars or whatever and it's not healthy for us it's one thing if you adopt a healthy eating lifestyle and you you exercise you move your body regularly but if you're doing this like in within like three months right i'm going to lose i don't know 50 pounds in the next three months you're putting such a pressure on your body such a pressure on your heart that in the long run it is unhealthy that's just I just wanted to say that just wanted to put my two cents in there going back into the article of course the strain on male actors hardly equates to what female actors suffer and it references Amy uh, Schumer who um, who parodied 12 angry men on her show in which a jury of dudes determines whether she is hot enough to be on television Rather than assessing her comedy, the men mull whether, if they were a little drunk and had their glasses off, they might contemplate masturbating to Schumer's blurry blonde image on the TV. The fuck? Is turnabout fair play? Magic Mike XXL seems to think so. In the film, Jada Pinkett Smith asks women if they're ready to be worshipped. Donald Glover says that male strippers are healers. 
Naked men, they reason, make women feel good and perhaps are some small recompense for how women have been treated. Mm, not all women are attracted to men, just putting it out there. Just to say. <clears throat> it's hard to imagine a female stripper. Okay. Uh, a female stripper film where the characters could make the same argument about women being healers. Well, innately, we are healers, but okay. Can you imagine this, the same of Showgirls, Striptease, or Coyote Ugly? None of those movies had the high-minded aspirations of Magic Mike. And after this one premieres, uh, Tatum will still be able to return to dramatic roles like the one he had in Foxcatcher. God, I'm so behind so many fucking movies. Like, I barely watch movies anymore. It's ridiculous. So when, like, they're referencing these movies, I'm like, what the hell is Foxcatcher? Like, what? Women who strip for the camera don't always uh, engender such steadfast or serious support. But in some small way, XXL does try to hand power back to the female viewer, and manjectification may just be balancing the scales. I want to hear your opinions on this. What do you guys think that does it balance the scales that we start, or we are, or we have been objectifying men? Does it balance the scale on the objectification of women and how we feel? And we're actually going to talk about an opinion piece written on the matter um, a bit later. So this Mary Claire um, article was written back in 2016, and it goes, hurrah for the summer. If you're a straight woman, as soon as the sun comes out, so does the eye candy. I remember hearing this term, like eye candy. I think it was like my second year of university, and it was um, from a Swedish friend of mine. And she, she said, um, yeah, like he's eye candy. I was like, wait, what? What's that? And then she explained it to me, and I was like, oh, right, okay. Um, so Game of Thrones devotees can park up by the nearest gym and wait until a Kit Harrington lookalike drops his towel. If you like something a little less chiseled, beaches from Miami to Margate are crawling with specimens of dad bod. What are these labels? Anyway, dad bods are formerly fit men who clearly enjoy beer and ice cream. And if you can't see anything you like, you can always fly to Dallas and visit its new restaura restaurant. This is the one I was... Um, mentioning before tallywhackers dubbed hooters for women it's staffed by topless men in tiny shorts we know women fancy men um not all women but okay but there has been a shift in the way we express our attraction we're becoming increasingly sexual and aesthetically focused it's not just your rude friends embarrassing you in bars with their innuendo it's happening in the workplace in parks and on buses so why are so many of us talking about men in a way in which we'd never want to hear anyone discussing women? The truth is, reducing anyone to their body and how that fits into your wishes for sexual gratification is always sexist. And the article mentions again, like Kit Harrington, um, uh, like in his interview with Mary Claire last year, he said, um, I don't think it's so different for men. When you're a young male actor in a certain role, people still ogle over you. But like any young female actor, that's not what I'm aiming for. You could argue that Harrington is a powerful, powerful, sorry, Hollywood star. And being asked about his sexiness doesn't make him feel as powerless as we do when we walk past a building site wearing shorts. With abs like that, does he really care what we think about his craft? Of course he does. It's a question of respect and reducing men to their sexuality in the way that they have historically reduced us doubly diminishes everyone's dignity. It's not a win for feminism, just an extra helping of sexism. That's the thing, like, I'm through and through a feminist. 
And a lot of people associate feminism with like the hatred of men. And of course, there are there are women who just cannot for many reasons. They do kind of um, hate men. But I don't think it's really men that they hate. And this is my case. It's I think the patriarchy and this like male supremacy that we have in our society that just is such a this toxic masculinity. It's such a toxic turn. Like it's so toxic, obviously, but it's such a turn off. And I think being a feminist myself, I'm not I'm not a man hater whatsoever. It's just that I cannot stand male supremacy, the patriarchy. I'm like. Fuck that shit. All right, back to the article. Part of the problem is that we lack a language for dis discussing desire. We want a world in which we acknowledge sex as glorious, and men and women feel confident about expressing erotic urges. What we've ended up with is a world where both sexes think the best way to do this is to yell sexually explicit innuendos while the object of the, their lust goes red and runs away. However, there is a difference. When we objectify men, their economic and professional power isn't reduced or threatened. In 2013, research by Equality Now showed that more than half of women were being discriminated against in the workplace, with just over one in 10 experiencing sexual harassment in their jobs. I've experienced this in, my, in one of my jobs when I was working in, in Cyprus like 10 years ago. Plus, the gender pay gap has widened for the first time in five years. Even among MBA graduates, where the gap narrows, men are awarded bonuses that are typically twice as much as their female counterparts. Last year's Sony email leak showed that Jennifer Lawrence was being paid less than her male co-stars, despite being the top box office, box office grossing performer, male or female, of 2014. Historically, women have been valued for their sexual and reproductive power. It's relatively new for us to be in the workplace and our economic status is fragile. So when we're objectified, it sets us back. Men, on the other hand, are coming from a position of strength. We exist within a power structure focused on male supremacy. Just look at a boardroom, the White House, or the House of Commons. Objectifying a man is problematic in various ways, but it isn't going to alter the power structure whereas females are still valued in a binary way. Are they sexually attractive or not? As a growing minority of women such as Theresa May, Nicola Sturgeon, and Angela Merkel enter these power spheres, their assumed lack of attractiveness is used against them. Men don't typically experience that. Professor Mary Evans of the London School of Economics Gender Institute explains, for men, attractiveness is an add-on in the sense that it adds to whatever other competence they have. For women, attractiveness is it. There isn't the same recognition of other strengths. We then um, look at Chris Frommer, an advertising creative who has been in the industry for over 25 years, and he isn't surprised. Advertising is rife with sexism, and every decision comes down to money, he says. We know men have more of it, so most products are targeted at them. And if you want to make a man spend, you show him a beautiful woman. Billions have been spent to maintain this, sorry, this status quo. The, then they reference a Diet Coke ad. I'm not too sure. I've never, I don't, maybe if I see it, I would be like, oh yeah, now I remember. I don't remember this Diet Coke ad, but okay. The Diet Coke ad is one of a kind. I think it's marketing genius and makes lots of men uncomfortable because it flips a situation and forces them to consider what it's like to be a woman. 
But I also think there's a dark sexist truth at, at the heart of it. Sure, there's something refreshing about a buff guy being used to sell to women, but he's selling a diet product. Hmm. The ad is still warning women that if they want to be on the same sexual playing field as the hot guy, they have to be body conscious and plan to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Another possibility is that men will envy the Diet Coke man and think I'd love it if women drooled over me. Therefore, when I drool over women, it's a huge compliment. No, it isn't. But Fiona Elvines, operations coordinator at Rape Crisis, says women are coping daily with the threat of rape, which men aren't. While men might find objectification annoying, it doesn't have that scary meaning. Women are socialized to worry and fear the worst about attention from male strangers. I want uh, all those and all of you that are women to think about this. And I don't know if this has happened to you. And of course it has because we, lived in, we live in such a sexist <laughs> society, sexist and sexual objectification. It's just this society that we live in is very toxic. And I'm gonna ask men also the same question that do listen to the show. Have you ever, men, walked home holding your keys a specific way in case somebody's going to jump you and attack you? Because I've done that plenty of times when I used to go out late at night back in my 20s and walk home by myself. I've held my keys in a specific way so that just in case somebody would come out of somewhere or behind me or whatever to use those keys. Have and women, I'm asking you this question, and men, I'm asking you the same question. Have you ever done this? Just asking. We hope that most men would never dream of threatening a woman, and of course there have been instances where women have attacked men, but author Margaret Atwood expressed it best. Men are afraid that women will laugh at them. Women are afraid that men will kill them. <sighs> so we're gonna discuss this article that I found on kisscom.co.uk. Um, the author, I'm not too sure who the author was of this article because there was no name anywhere, so I don't know who it was written by. But it's um, in regards to hungvertizing. So just a brief overview of all this, like, n these new words that we've learned. Hungvertizing is the objectification, objectification of men in advertising. Then we have manjectification, which is the overall objectific, well, overall sexual objectification of men, I should say. So this article was written back in um, 2018, so it's, it's only two years old, where the other ones were about five or four years, four to five years old. So when we talk about objectification, many people might assume that it's a reference to women, and it's true. Immediately when we think about objectification, boom, we think of women. But male objectification is just as important a subject for the gender equality debate, especially since it has increased within advertising. I don't it, see. I, I think in the last thirty years, it's there's yes, there's an increase, of course, but there's definitely been um, an emphasis on male objectification within advertising. I would say at least for the last like thirty years. That's in my opinion. I could be very wrong. They do say that sex sells, so hope perhaps the trend is to be expected. Think about these adverts: the iconic Marlboro Man. The Old Spice Smell Like a Man campaign, oh my god, Old Spice, and Paco Rabanne's Pure XS TV commercial. I'm not, I don't, I've never, I would have to look that one up. 
but yeah. They all use chiseled, protein-filled, successful, powerful-looking men to sell their products. Male objectification has always been there, but it received comparatively little media attention. Partly it's because there can be a sense that doing so is balancing out female objectification in ads. And since 2018 has been named the Year of the Woman, to celebrate 100 years since women won the right to vote, not to mention the hashtag MeToo and hashtag Time's Up campaigns, that continue to maintain momentum in the new year. You might wonder why we should care about combating male objectification. But I think we should care. I am of the same opinion. Equality for all sexes is at the heart of such campaigns. I consider my myself a feminist, but it's important to remember that men are affected by objectification too. This takes us to Hungfortizing, a tongue-in-cheek nickname for male objectification. A funny portmanteau is the perfect way to make light of male objectification, but women generally dislike female stereotypes and seeing men drool over the perfect woman. So why do we assume that men don't hate it too when the roles are reversed? Male or female, no one likes to be judged on the way they look or guilt-tripped into having the perfect physique and perfect life. Very true. That's why hungfortizing is offending men in the same way advertising involving female objectification offends women. The unrealistic representations of the men cause them to feel inadequate. Is it a coincidence that eating disorders among young men have been on the increase? The bottom line is hungfortizing is body shaming and encouraging it risks seeming hypocritical after fighting so hard against adverts that do the same to women. When I look at the debate around hungfortizing, I get the feeling of deja vu. After all, women have been in this situation before. But protesting against body shaming is no longer just a woman's game. Inevitable given the impact that hungfortizing is having on men. It may seem harmless in some cases, and it may be. However, it can also have the same damaging effects in men that we thankfully come to recognize more in women. It doesn't mean forgetting that women have endured decades, mm, centuries I would say, of objectification of course, but it is important to remember that what gender equality is really about. And surely in 2018, with the increased focus on diversity and inclusion in the wider industry, we should be ready to move on from objectification in all senses. Gender equality is about mutual respect, not balancing out one wrong with another. And this article definitely um, struck a chord with me because it's very true. Um, it's all about mutual respect and it's not saying oh we'll just like start these sexist advertisement geared like towards men and mo men's bodies men's genitalia uh, men's this men's that because of that because of the objectification of women for centuries there's no balancing i don't find it in any way shape or form a balancing act it's just i find that at the end of the day we should respect each other as is regardless of everything seriously of, of, of weight, of height, um, of color, of it's just mutual respect. I respect you, you respect me. I am not making a comment about your package, am I? Why are you gonna make a, a, why do you have to make a comment about any parts of my body then? At the end of the day, that's all we, we want is just respect. So, you know, but yes, objectification of men is a real issue. They are feeling the pressure. We did. Uh, mentioned this um, in episode seven. There is a rise, uh, 
you know, in eating disorders within um, the male community. And the thing is that, again, there's this stigma. Um, and so a lot of men don't come forward to talk or discuss about these issues that they are facing. They're not discussing the issues of, well, you know what? These advertisements are making me feel uncomfortable. There is this comparison culture. Again, it's making me feel uncomfortable. And again, it's because there is this, this stereotypical view on men of you're a manly man and you're not supposed to talk about your feelings and your emotions and you're this and you're that or if you're feeling uncomfortable or not because again society deems it well you're a man you shouldn't be thinking about these things but guess what at the end of the day we are human beings irregardless of genders there's not just two there are many um and they all require equal respect and inclusion and we should stop stigmatizing. There, sh there shouldn't be a stigma on eating disorders or, or, or feelings or mental illness and all that. Because at the end of the day, there are people that are suffering silently and it's unjust and unfair. We should be able to talk about these things openly, freely, discuss them and not say, well, you're a man. You shouldn't, you know, um, you know, be, I don't know, purging yourself, you know, or putting such a such a pressure on yourself to have a certain physique but they do feel this pressure whether it's to have you know the ripped muscles or whatever body ideal it is for men to have like the six pack eight pack ten pack i don't even know whatever pack and to have like a massive package and all that not everybody's built the same not everybody is over six feet tall and not not everybody has i don't know I don't know, whatever, uh, a large package or the six pack abs or whatever. We should just be accepting of everyone and include everyone. Inclusion is so important. Diversity is so important. That's and I actually um, posted something on Instagram regarding diversity is is just so beautiful and it makes us so unique. And instead of embracing diversity, we're we've been taught to say well you're different than me ew that's disgusting and that's not how it should be inclusion for all equality for all regardless of the all genders and all sexualities and it's just it's all about accepting and accepting the fact that me as a person i am very different from the next person in in the way i think in the way i feel things in the way i i look and the same thing for men. Uh, man A over here is not going to be the same as man B. He's not going to have the same shape. He's not going to have the same size of whatever. He's not going to... That's what makes humanity beautiful. It's the cultures that we come from. It's the different cultures. It's the different backgrounds that we come from. It's the different shades of colors that we come from. The different religions. This is what makes humanity beautiful. And we should all be embracing of that diversity not say ew no that's not okay this is not okay your sexuality isn't okay the fact that you don't have um you know the ideal body and i say this with open quotes ew that's not okay either no 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 no. enough of the shaming enough of this inequality enough is enough as i always say love each other love yourselves spread some of that sweet sweet love I'm all about spreading the love, you guys. We have come to an end of the show, <laughs> of this show, of episode 20. I cannot believe it. 
Let me know what you guys think about the objectification or manjectification or hunkvertising or six-pack ab advertising. Let me know what you guys think. Do you think that there's a balance in doing so? Do you think that we should be kind of pushing it away and saying, well, you know, because like we've been as women or those who identify as women um, have been objectified or sexually objectified for hundreds of years that we should be doing the same to men. Do you think that this is the right way or the right thing that we should be doing? Let me know. I want to hear from you guys. Don't forget that tomorrow is Friday, so I will be posting again the thread of Spread the Love Friday where it's an opportunity to showcase any Instagram pages we follow, any Facebook pages we follow of businesses, vloggers, podcasters, bloggers, artists, um, just add the links there, spread the love, you know, subscribe to YouTube channels um, on that thread, any articles that you have come across, of course, like throughout the week or any articles that you think that the group and the page would be interested others might be interested in reading like post it up there you guys spread the love um as always i hope you enjoyed yourself um with this episode <laughs> heavy topic but it does come to the end of our objectification series i will be posting up on facebook and across um social media you know the articles that i've read um, and that I've referenced in this um, episode, as well as others that I've uh, that I've come across. I was about to say something. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple. <laughs> and with that, I hope you have a magnificent, beautiful, and safe weekend. And you will hear from me very, very soon. Bye. Wow.